and this is the story of Joseph, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and so much has happened to him. <laughs> so much has happened to him, and here he's in jail currently, and Pharaoh um, had just had a dream, a weird dream. No one could interpret it, and we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 41, verse 9. It says, then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. We're not talking about him now. Verse 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly, everybody say quickly. He was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being the God of quickly. We love you. Amen. Um, Back in the day, back, back in the day, like when church was about 200 people, it was really small, um, we would have these things called galas at the church. What is a gala? Imagine the Grammys, but not. Imagine like singles night on steroids. So it's not just singles people there, but married people. I mean, the saints were there, the ain'ts were there. I mean, this was, this was it. This was the night where everyone just kind of came out and everyone looking all pretty and dapper and everything like that. This is when people were kind of talking. This is when they were actually talking, talking, and like it was official for people. Like, like oh my goodness, people are noticing people at the gala. Like, oh wow, okay, I didn't know you looked like that underneath that kid's shirt. Like, I like that. I like that. I like that. I mean, this was the night. This specific time was also the night when Pastor Stephen was going to reveal his girlfriend. Okay, now, y'all, I was so nervous. I just was just so nervous. Why? I mean, it was just Everyone was going to be there, all the seasoned folks and everything, and they liked me and everything. I know, I get it, but how do you dance with the pastor? Do you get jiggy with it? I mean, do you shoulder lean? I mean, what, 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 two-step? Is this two-step? Enough time for like the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't know. I don't know. How do you dance with the pastor? Okay. What do you dress? How do you dress up? To go out with the pastor to a gala. I don't know. And I asked my friends and they didn't know. And I asked Google. Google didn't know. So I went thrifting. Because women who date pastors, they're economical, right? I don't know. <laughs> UBC, I have no idea. So when he came to pick me up, he was stunned. Absolutely stunned. I mean, he was like, wow, Zai, you. He only looked in my eyes. There was nothing else to look at. This long Puritan type of dress, <laughs> this velvet dress from the neck all the way down to the ankles, y'all, it was loose, loose, not curvy or anything like that. You said, okay, maybe she has some jewelry to set it off. No, no necklace, no bracelet. I had kitten heels, everybody. 
meow. There was nothing around about, like, nothing. And I'm like, why? I don't know. It was just so overcome. There's all this pressure to look a certain type of way. In my mind, this gala was going to be, like, the dress rehearsal for our future, you know? Like, and it just, it just this is, I needed to look, I, don't, I was crazy. I needed to look accordingly. Like, I needed to be presented a certain type of way. Never mind that my boyfriend at the time, that he liked my heart. Never mind, you know, it's God, it's, it's what's on the inside that counts the most, right? Why do we put so much pressure on the outside stuff? God cares about the inside, the workings underneath. In the passage, we find Joseph. Joseph, oh my gosh, there's so much to Joseph. He's just incredible. We, he was the youngest and favorite of his dad. He was dad, Jacob. He was, oh my gosh, so much happened to him. He had a dream when he was 17 years old and he told it to his siblings. And the dream didn't happen the next year or the year after that or the year after that. I'm gonna tell you a joke and promise me you're gonna laugh, okay? Just laugh. Flowers, just laugh, pretend to laugh. Okay, don't worry. So, God has everything, right? Had not, yeah. God has everything. What's the one thing that he doesn't have? When you call, he's not always on time. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say, that was funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny. No, it wasn't funny. Sister Gail, I'm putting you out there. <laughs> yes, I did. If we look at the story of Joseph right in the middle, you would think that there's no way this dream is going to come to pass. I mean, so much happened in his life. He was sold into slavery by his siblings, y'all. They told him his dream. They say, okay, bet. See what's going to happen to your dream. He was sold into slavery. He was taken from his home all the way to the land of Egypt, taken to Potiphar's house. There he was lied on. Then he was thrown into jail. But he had a dream and not just his own dream. He had a dream from God, just like you have a dream from God. But sometimes if you look around, like everything is going around in your life, you wonder, did God change his mind? Did I hear it correctly? I know we prophesy in parts, but God, am I making this up? Did you even tell me? It's so interesting. In Genesis 3, one of the first things that the enemy says to the woman was, did God really say? He wanted to instill doubt then, and he wants to instill doubt now into our lives for us to question the promises of God. Did God really say? Did God really say that he wants you to have a family? You? I mean, you're getting older. You're not even married. Where Boaz at? I don't know, man. Where Boaz? Or if you feel like you're, you're Boaz, where's Ruth? You're not. Someone said, right here. You heard it, Boaz? Show yourself. Yeah. But where's he at? Where's the wedding? Like, kids, I know you saw, you saw the picture. 
with the kid, hold, you're holding the baby. Was that your baby? Because if you look at everything's happening, it doesn't look right. I, did God really say he was going to heal you? Because if you look at all the labs and what the people are saying, all the results coming in, it doesn't look like this diagnosis is going anywhere. Are you sure he's going to heal you 100%? Maybe this is that thorn that Paul talked about, that thorn on your side. Did God really say he wants your business to be that large? Did he say that? I know you have the image of so many different employees in different states, and you all are going to vacation in um, Florida. I know you see the image. I know you see it. But every time you take a calculated risk, what happens? It never pans out. Did God really say? Did God really say he was going to unite your family? Your family? Is that what he told you? Again, I know you see it in Thanksgiving. You can almost see it. You can taste it and everything like that. Did God say that? Because every time someone starts to act right, someone else starts to act wrong. It seems like drama just breaks forth as soon as you start fasting and praying. Did God really say? Have you ever looked around and said, did God really say this? Am I making it up? Am I going crazy? I want you all, every single campus, to read the scripture with me. It's going to be on the screen. This is Numbers 23, verse 19. So good. It says, God is not man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? The answer is no. God is not double-minded. He doesn't say something and say, no, I changed my mind. If he says something, he is going to accomplish it. His word is going to go forth. But listen, y'all, it's the length of the trial. It's the time that erodes our faith, that erodes our belief in God. It's the time. Some of you, you've been waiting for a long time. You've come in here and you're just tired. You've been waiting for a long, long time. You feel like you're in a season and it's just one thing after the next, just like it was for Joseph. It was 13 years of one thing after the next, after the next. It's like, why me? What did I do? Have you ever asked that? Maybe you've been waiting for 13 years. Maybe you're facing some type of sickness. It's been one thing after another. Imagine the woman with the issue of blood. It was 12 years, same thing, going to all these different things, all these different places. But after 12 years, things changed and changed in an instant, everybody. Maybe you feel like you've been waiting longer. Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years for the promised child, everybody. Maybe you feel like you've been waiting longer. Guess what? Moses was 40 years in the desert. The Bible, our faith is full of people who went through trials, who went through some things. But God is faithful. God is still on the throne. God promises things and he still makes them come to pass. Guess what? Our God, he still parts Red Seas. He's still a giant slayer, everybody. He still provides husbands and wives and children, everybody. He still redeems. He still opens doors, everyone. He's still on the throne. He does all this for his namesake still, everybody. I want you to believe in the faithfulness and the goodness of God. He's still God. And he's still good. He's still God. And he's still good. He is still God. And he is still good, everybody. He's still good to you. 
he is still good to do. I've titled today's message, um, The Dress Rehearsal. I love, um, I like the title. I mean, I wrote it, but I like the title. <laughs> I, I like the title because when you think of dress rehearsals, this is typically the evening before, or maybe even sometimes maybe two days before the wedding or the big show, right? You have the dress rehearsal to go through all the things, the logistic, the cues, so that when the actual day comes, you're ready. So when the day comes, you're not confused. So when the day comes, you are ready to step in and just enjoy the time. What if we take an alternative perspective to the seasons that we're in, to the trials that we're in? What if we take this perspective that God has me in this dress rehearsal of sort? He's getting all the logistics right. He's getting all of my cues right so I can listen to the right things because the wedding is coming, because the... Guess what? He has something for you. That dream is coming. So this season is not a punishment. This season is actually one of preparation to get you ready for that thing that he gave you, that dream that he gave you long ago. We're going to look at the story of Joseph to help us prepare. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you can still write this down. The first thing is dress with patience. Everyone say dress with patience. Dressed with patience. I'm a mom and I love it. I just, it's such, it's such, it's such a blessing. And I was not going to be that mom though. That mom, that mom, she lets her kids have a ridiculous amount of screen time. That mom, you know, the lollipop drops and she picks it up, blows on it and gives it right back to her kid. We know that mom. Because in my mind, I was going to be that mom. That mom doesn't get mad when she goes to Applebee's and they say, I'm sorry, we're out of crayons and all that stuff. Because that mom came prepared. She pulls out the crayons and she pulls out the coloring books. And guess what? The coloring books are about Bible characters. That mom does not give her kids Cheetos or Lay's or anything like that. Because that mom, she has grape tomatoes and she has broccoli and carrots and apples in her, not Ziploc bags, because those are bad for the environment. But that mom, that mom has reusable snack bags and she gives it to her kids and her kids don't complain because they're so well-mannered. That mom does not buy things and takes it to school. No, she makes Pinterest-worthy things and she brings it to school for her kids' class for the whole school because she's great. I thought I was going to be that mom. Someone say that mom. mom. I was going to be that mom. But you see, the way my life was set up. And the fact that I have three kids and, you know, church and all that good stuff, I ended up being one of the moms. <laughs> I, 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 I last, Jade, Jade Mariah, she's the sweetest. She's one years old. And y'all, she's just full of energy. She's fun. She's so sweet. Just amazing. Cuddly. Like, she's just so cute. Amazing. Super. Do you hear me saying amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a side of her that takes after her dad. She, she is just, she's a lot. She's a lot. She's a lot. And there are times I'm like, I just need peace. I just need quiet. So guess what? I let her watch TV. I give her my phone. And yes, I'm finally that mom that lets her kids watch Coco Melon. Oh my gosh. I've seen Coco Melon before. I'm like, what is that? Turn that off. It's what it's anyway. I let my kids, I let Jade watch Coco Mullen or Elmo's World, and she is happy, happy, happy. She's quiet, she's engaged, and I can do stuff. All right, until something happens that disturbs her peace. Until something happens that ruins her life, it seems. It's called a commercial. <laughs> when a commercial comes, you would think that 
that her whole life has been interrupted and she cannot do anything. And she starts yelling at me. You know, moms, you have a look for her kids. Our kids, they have a look for us too, especially the babies. She can't talk yet. So she's looking at me like, like fussing me out with her eyes and pointing at the thing like skip ad, skip ad or something like that. And sometimes I'm able to skip ads. Sometimes though, I cannot. And I'm like, Jay, baby girl, I'm trying to tell her. I said, babe, you can't, I can't skip it. If you want to watch it, you're going to have to wait through this. And she's looking at me like not understanding, like skip this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want this anymore. And I'm trying to tell her if you want what's going to happen, like if you want the show that you I know you like the show, you're going to have to wait it out. Some of us, we're looking at God right now and we're saying, what is going on? Make this pass. Make this cup. Take this cup away from me. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through this anymore. Skip ads. Skip ads. Skip the season. Skip this season and there is no fast forward to this season there is no fast forward to the season that you're in to the trial that you're in I know it hurts I can imagine it's pretty emotional but the pain does have a purpose God is up to something in this season and if you're gonna wait if you can't skip the season, you might as well put on patience. You might as well wait well, because guess what? You're going to be waiting anyways. You can't fast forward, but you can delay the season that you're in by the attitude that you take. Some of us, we have the worst attitudes when we're in seasons that we don't like. I know I can be. <laughs> well, if you ain't going to answer my prayers, God... I mean, you won't suck your teeth or anything like that, but your attitude, your posture, how much you talk to him, what you do, you are mad. You're angry, pity party, all these different things. I love what the Bible says about Joseph in Psalm 105 verse 19. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God is not evil. If you're waiting for breakthrough, it's because he wants the season to produce something in your life, flowers. He wants this season to produce something in your life. There's something huge, something amazing that God had designed for Joseph. Something big. He needed the big character to be able to withstand, to be able to step into that season. I love what the Bible says in James 1 verse 2. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces patience. So when you're getting tested, it's supposed to produce patience. It says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Nothing. That word um, perfect, talking about not flawless per se, but being mature. Don't you want to be a mature believer? A lot of us say, I want more of you, God. I want you. And he gives you a test. And he gives you a trial. And you're like, oh, this don't feel good. It's not supposed to. He's doing something. He says so in Romans 5 verse 3. It says not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, Columbia. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. Perseverance, what is that? A.K.A. endurance. A.K.A. the ability to do something that's difficult. To continue to do something that's difficult. 
God wants to build perseverance in you. So guess what? In his goodness and his kindness, he's given you a test. And you're mad at him. You're mad at him. Let the season that you're in, let the discomfort that you're experiencing right now, let it produce something. Let it not produce bitterness, but let it produce something. Ask yourself, like, what is it, God, that you want to produce in my life? What is it? I'm in this season, and I'm going to have a good attitude about it, but what is it that you want to produce in my life? Some of you feel as if you're in a long season of waiting. You're waiting for your spouse, and it's like, okay, because I get a lot of that sometimes, and my heart breaks. I, I get it. I understand it, but while you're waiting, maybe you need to learn boundaries. And I'm not just talking about sexual boundaries. I'm talking about even boundaries with you and your family members. Because then a husband steps into that or a wife steps into that, and it's a lot of dysfunction. Maybe this season is to set you up for that, for a great marriage. Maybe you're in a series of just financial battles, a lot of things. This is one thing after another, after another. Maybe one of the practical things that he wants you to learn, perhaps, is just how to budget, yes, but also how to know his principles of increase, abundance. Where are you in this season? There is something that he wants to teach you. It's so interesting. If you look at the story of Joseph, we realize his clothes get attacked a lot. Think about it. His coat of many colors, the Gucci coat that he had, I mean, it was loud. His brothers hated it. It's the same thing. Like they, they took it from him. They tore it into so many pieces and dipped it in animal's blood. And they took it to Jacob and said, hey, is this your son's jacket? And Jacob, his dad says, oh my gosh, a wild animal must have taken it, must have torn up Joseph. He's no longer. When he was in Potiphar's house and he was just minding his business, mind your, like he was just minding his own business, right? And then Potiphar's wife he corners him and say, hey, sleep with me, and all this other stuff. And he was like, no, I don't want you. And he's like, no, sleep with me. And so, it's like, no, I don't want you, girl. He flees. He flees from her, but she takes his coat, and she uses that same thing that he had, takes it to her husband, and guess what? Say, hey, Potiphar, um, this slave that you bought into the house, he was trying to come up on me. And so that's when he gets sent to jail. Same thing, clothes. A lot of times we look at clothes. They signify who we are. In the Bible, a lot of times with clothes, it signifies who they are. Your identity. I think God was trying to teach something to Joseph about his identity. What's the thing in your life that gets attacked over and over again? Is it your kids? Does something happen to your kids? And as soon as it happens, you lose your ever-loving mind. I mean, you just start, Eloi, Eloi, Lambda Shabbat and I, like all these different things. I'm not sure if it's Hebrew tongues or you just cursing. No one knows. <laughs> what is it? Is it your job? Something happens with your job and you just feel as if that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. All these different things. Guess what? I believe God's going to continue putting those tests in your way to do something in you. I love what it says in John 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Flowers, God wants you to be even more fruitful. Online, God wants you to be even more fruitful. That's why he's cutting on you. That's why he's pruning you so that you can look, so that you can be conformed more like his son, so that you can walk into that thing that he has for you. While you're in the season of waiting, you can't skip it. So just dress with patience. Learn what you need to. The second thing is this, dress like a server. 
dressed like a server. It doesn't take long um, talking to me before you realize one of my passions. You might say, is it God? Is it people? Is it church? Your kids? All of those are right. Yeah, sure. But I like food. I love to eat out. I just do. And some people, though, they don't like to go out to restaurants with me sometimes. That's pretty much my husband. Um, Not all the time, but because I'm pretty fun. But sometimes, like, you are, I don't, you're doing the most. And listen, I, I, I do sometimes do the most. I'm a little extra. I'm fine. I need a savior. I'm good with it. It's all right. (laughs) but because I was a server for such a long time, when I go to a restaurant, I'm experiencing bad service. It bothers me. Does it bother you? If I'm paying good money, I mean, it's not cheap. I'm out here. We're going to spend money and everything. I want the service to be good. Am I wrong? You can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Same thing. Like the servers where they have tables and stuff like that and they go and they go to one table and you're like trying to get their attention, but they don't see you and they're going back in the back and they, they run to the next table and all that stuff and you're trying to get their attention and they don't see you and then they run back and then they're going to the next table and you're like, I'm, sometimes I go, I stand right next to the computer. <laughs> this is my order. Can you just put it in please? <laughs> because it's right here. I mean, I, I'm sorry. God's working that patience out. That's why he still puts me in those situations. But as a server, I don't know. Like, you got to be aware of your environment, right? You can't just see one table and then, no, you have to, again, I was serving such a long time. You have to look at your whole section. This table needs this. That table needs that. That table needs water. This one needs your check. You got to be aware of your environment. Anticipate the needs. You're a server. You serve. That's your job, at least for now, right? It's what you do. It's not weird. It's not odd. And you serve with a good attitude, right? You know, some stank servers. It's like, ooh, who hurt you? And I'm a pastor, so sometimes I'm like, is this an opportunity, Lord? Because I just want my food. So Holy Spirit, can you just do what you do? You serve, that's your server. As children of God, we are bond servants of Christ. We serve, that's who we are. The Bible says in 1 Peter verse 4, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies, not you supplies, that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. We serve. In whatever area or situation that we're in, we serve. Joseph was in a prison yet he was still serving. He was still using his gift of leadership where he was. He was a slave, y'all, and he was still serving. It blows my mind reading the story in Genesis. Just like, wow, he was a little different, but I think we can learn from this different. It says in Genesis 40, verse six, it says, when Joseph came to them the next morning, talking about the cupbearer and the baker, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? He saw other people. He was in a deficit himself. He was wrongly placed in prison. 
Yet he wasn't having this pity party and only seeing himself and only seeing why it's not fair. He wasn't so concerned about himself. He actually was able to see. Some of you, you're in situations you can't even see other people. What you're feeling is so blinding that you can't see, but you're a server. God has freed you. You can serve. I know you're in that marriage and it's a struggle right now. Serve? I don't feel like my needs are getting met. How can I serve and do it with a cheerful heart? It hurts. I know it hurts. But God gives us the strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We serve wherever we're at. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge our dream team. You can clap for that at every campus. Thank you for the dream team in Columbia. Thank you for the dream team at Flowers. Thank you for the dream team at UBC. Thank you for the dream team here at BWI. Thank you for serving. Some of you have a whole lot going on, but yet you still choose to show up. It's a sacrifice, yet you still choose to see people. Thank you for parking cars outside when it's raining, when it's hot, when people ignore you. Thank you, parking team. Thank you for taking care of the kids, not just holding them, but praying for them and caring for them. Thank you for praying in the back. Thank you for standing behind the cameras. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you for serving. God sees. Serving is hard. When I'm in my feelings, I just want to eat ice cream. The whole thing. Like the movies from the carton. Judge me. I don't care. Because I'm in my feelings. Yes, I want to subtweet. Back in the day, at least. Please don't do that if you do that. I just want to cry and moan and say it's not fair. It's not fair because if I serve, I'm just reinforcing that no one cares about me. The energy that I have, I want to use it to protect me, to take care of me. But that's not what God is asking us to. He takes care of us. He's asking us to serve. Serve. In the season that you're in, there's always something that you can do. So dress as a servant. The last thing is this. Dress with expectation. Dress with expectation. There's a term, a friend of mine says it all the time. It's, you probably heard it before. Stay ready. Say it again. I mean, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I mean, yeah, if you're single, that means you got your hair done and your nails done. Two, a new outfit and your Fendi shoes. If it's within budget, I know. I mean, you got to look the part. If you're a dude, feel my shirt. It's made of husband material. <laughs> I am so corny and I love me. just for singles. This is the posture we all need to take. What is it? It's this attitude of expectation. We cannot show up every day as if it's just another day. You walked in here thinking it's just another day. It's not. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. I love 
I love the scripture. I love what it says. It says that in Genesis 41, verse 14, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. He was quickly brought from the dungeon. As I read that, I think, what, what did Joseph think that morning when he woke up? He woke up in the prison, in the dungeon. He woke up in a situation that hadn't changed in 13 years. What did he think? The Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible does say, though, that new mercies are made available every single day. The Bible does say that weeping may endure for the night, but the joy comes in the morning. The Bible does say not to grow weary and well-doing, that in just the right time, if we do not give up, if we do not give up, that we will reap a harvest. That's what the Bible says. We never know when God is gonna say it's time. We never know when God is gonna say, hey, quickly, I'm gonna make this thing happen. We never know. We serve a God that operates outside of time. He uses it to our benefit. We never know. I love what it says in Matthew 25. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. I know that's talking about eternity, but still we have to keep watch. You never know when he's going to say it's time. There's a story of um, in Matthew 25. Um, I just read just about the 10 virgins. You heard of some of you are familiar with this. Some of you may not be. 10 virgins. Whenever you see the number 10, it's a test. 10 virgins to test. Five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise. The ones that were wise, they brought their own oil and all that um, because they needed it for the party, essentially. The ones that were foolish, they brought a little bit of oil, but not enough for their lampstand. So the call goes out saying, it's time. It's time for the party. The bridegroom's here. And then they said, hey, to the wise people, hey, let me me borrow some of your oil because I'm ready to go to the party. And they said, no, we can't give you some because we need it for our own. When it's time, sometimes you can't borrow from someone else. You can't borrow the faith of someone else. There are seasons for that. But when he says it's time, you're going to need something for yourself. You're going to have to have prepared. You're going to have to have to prepare. You cannot just borrow from your parents' faith for you. You're going to need it for yourself. Your spouse's prayer for you. They're going to help, but you're going to need that faith. You're going to need that expectation yourself. Because guess what? It's going to be time. It says a call went out. One of the call go out after a season of nothing. There was a season when nothing was happening. The Bible says that these um, girls, that they grew, they grew weary, that they got tired. Some of you have grown weary. You've gone tired because you've been believing for such a long time and nothing has happened. And so you just let your guard down. I guess it's not going to happen. I guess I'm just going to have to wait another year. No, it's still very early in 2023. This right here though, this message, It's a wake-up call. It's to let you know that the wedding is coming. It's to let you know that the dress rehearsal is actually over. For some of you in this room, you've been in a season of testing. You've been a trial for such a long time. You've been contending. You've been praying. You've been believing. And guess what? It's time. It's time. I was praying um, for you. I was fasting for you. 
because I just, I love the story of Joseph. What stands out again is just that quickly. For 13 years, 13 years, nothing changed. And then all of a sudden, like that, all of a sudden, like that, he stepped into something huge, something that he's always wanted. And I'm like, God, I want this for our church. There have been too many people that have been in a season. It's been a year after year. It's been month after month. It's just been disappointment. It's just been trial after trial. God, I want this. God, is this what you're saying? Is it time yet? And let me tell you, in his goodness, y'all, he brought me to Psalm 102. I don't want to cry, oh Jesus, I'm not going to cry, but this is so good. And if you have faith, just start to believe it. Just say, I receive it already. It says this in Psalm 102, verse 13. So good. It says, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown, talking about your name, it endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on union. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Oh, suck. You don't hear me. I said the appointed time has come. Like Job, you have been in a season of testing. And what happened at the end of Job? He got double. He got double for everything that he's experienced. I just feel prophetically that you're going to get double for everything you experience. Some of you have been in a trial, and guess what? Listen now. Come on, Kevin says, listen now. The thief has been caught. You know what the Bible says when the thief gets caught? They get to pay seven times over. So your peace has been gone, but guess what? You're about to get seven times over of joy. Someone say, praise God. Your appointed time has come. Some of you, you've been looking for a contract. You've been looking for a contract. You've been waiting because this is going to be a game changer for your, for your company. The appointed time has come. The contract is yours. Some of you, it's been a bill. There's been crazy bills. And you're trying to do things, but there's student loan that's just been on your neck. All, I believe that you're going to receive a letter in the mail saying forgiveness for a certain amount of time. Certain amount of money is happening. Say the appointed time has come. Some of you, you have been in a single season of singleness. You are just tired. You're wondering. Say, I cannot take it anymore. It's not an idol, God. It's just something that I believe that you have for me. But I just don't know. I just, I believe with everything inside of me that it's time. Your spouse will show up in Jesus' name. Some of you, and I sense this, you've been in a, it's been a custody battle. There's been something going on in a custody battle. And I just sense with everything inside of me that the settlement has happened. But the settlement is happening. I just sense, I'm not sure if that's someone, but I believe it's someone specific that it's going to be favorable in Jesus' name. The time has come. Some of you, you've been in a season of just wanting for a child. You've been considering probably IVF, and there's nothing wrong with IVF, but I just believe with everything inside of me, it's not me, it's the word of the Lord saying you will conceive in Jesus' name. It's time. Someone say it's time. The appointed time has come. Some of you, you've been struggling with depression for a very long time. It's been a secret. No one knows, but you're considering things in your head that you never thought before. And it's been a whole lot happening and you're going to therapy and you're doing all the things, but there's going to be a breakthrough that takes place right now. Someone said the appointed time has come. Said the appointed time has come. The appointed time has come, everybody. For you. God is not man. He does not lie. He's not the son of man, so he does not change his mind. 
Anything can happen in an instant. Some of you, you're believing right now, and some of you saying, I just don't know. I've waited for such a long time. I believe God forgot about me. He does not forget about you. Flowers, hear me right now. He has not forgotten about you. I'm yelling with everything inside of me because I want you to hear it in your gut, to feel it in your heart. God does not forget about you. You're online right now. You might have tears in your eyes and you're trying to say, no, 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 no. But I got myself into those trials. Do you know how thick the blood of Jesus is? Who condemns you? It's not the Lord. Hear me, Union Church. The appointed time has come. What's really interesting is that if you look at the story of Joseph, right? He was talking to the cupbearer. He interprets the dream. He said, hey, I know you're about to go back to the palace. Remember me. Joseph forgot him. Because man will forget you. And if you look at Joseph as a type of Christ, God, Jesus, he's standing on the cross and a criminal is next to him. And he said, Father, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When you go back to the palace. And Jesus said, oof. Today. Today. You will be with me in paradise. God doesn't forget. Don't you dare think that he's forgotten you. Don't you dare extend the season that you're in because of disbelief. This is a wake-up call for everyone underneath the sound of my voice, myself included. I'm believing for some things, and I said, God, I'm not going to stand on that platform and preach something that I don't believe in my heart. And I'm believing it, and there's some seasons, times you're going to be like, I just don't know. Church, can you stand with me? Can you believe with me? I'm not talking about, you can stand, I'm not talking about physically stand up. Y'all be like, okay, I'm ready. Where are we going? March Jericho? I'm not talking. Thank you. time has come. Are you going to believe it? One last thing. Some of us, we, this is, we spring forward today, right? All of you changed your time, changed your whole behavior because of something the government said. Everything has changed because of the government. And so whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. You're stepping into it, right? What about the prophetic word right here? It's hovering. The time has changed. It has changed. You better grab onto that thing with every single faith that you have. Might be as small as a mustard seed. You better hold on to it. Come on, UBC. You better say, this is for me. I don't care what it looks like around me. My time has come. And when that door comes, oh my gosh, you better step into the season. You better step up to Pharaoh and say, I'm here. Come on, church. Do you believe that right now? Do you receive that word of encouragement? God, we love you. God, we honor you. Our time has come, oh God. And we give you all the glory. And we give you all the honor. And it's in Jesus' name. So good.
good. You can bow your heads and pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you that our time has come. The appointed time has come, Lord God. We're no longer waiting. The dress rehearsal is over. The wedding is here. Father God, the dreams are coming true. The dreams that you have made. The dreams, Father God, that align with your will. They have come, Lord God, and we are gonna, we're going to grab onto that faith in Jesus' name. I pray for everyone underneath the sound of my voice, someone that's struggling right now, wanting to believe. I pray, God, that you confirm in their soul, Lord God, that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you mean what you said, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for it. I thank you for the breakthrough in Jesus' name and for everyone. Because I know that there's some people watching out and they're saying, that's so cute. That's so nice. They're so excited about this thing, but they don't know who's talking. It's you that's talking. There's some people in this room, Father God, I know that you know them. They're wanting a relationship with you. They can't really articulate what's missing right now in their hearts is just not knowing you. I pray right now, God, that you begin drawing their hearts, that you begin drawing their hearts. Bring, there's some of you feel so disconnected. You feel like, yes, I want favor. Yes, I want this. Yes, I want things to change. But I just don't know. I've done too many bad things. I've just done too many things. And I'm telling you right now that the blood of Jesus is thick enough, that the blood of Jesus is thick enough, that over 2,000 years, he already went on the cross and that he died for your sins. And right now, any type of condemnation that you're walking in, you don't have to. All you have to do is to receive, receive the gift of the cross, receive the free gift of salvation and it's here for you today. God, I pray right now for anyone that you would just draw them to you. If that's you, that's feeling disconnected. If that's you saying, you know what, I've just been doing everything by myself, but I want to try something new. This is not emotionalism. It's not sensationalism. No, this is the gospel that he who was not sin, he became sin for us. God, I pray right now for that person, for those people. If that's you, I'm not going to call you up front or anything like that, but where you are with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to repeat this prayer. And church, out of encouragement, repeat this prayer too. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I ask that you step into my life. Lead me and I will follow you. And God, thank you for favor. Thank you for open doors. Thank you for what's next. I'm ready. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap?